This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 592 of The Sleeper and the Bus. It's Sunday, August 26th. It's another fireside chat, and I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, what's going on? What is happening? I'm doing pretty well. I uh, Yeah, this is, uh, this, is, this is fun. I'm ready to talk about two guys that's – well, actually, maybe even three that I'm really excited about. Yeah, we're really going to dive in. So what, what we're doing here is basically White Sox cast. I think we might have previewed this – I don't know if we previewed it at the end of last episode or if we talked about it offline, but either way, uh, with Michael Kopech starting, uh, making his debut Tuesday, which would have been a couple days after we did last Sunday's cast, we said, you know what, we're gonna obviously going to talk about that. And then I was like, well, Lucas Giolito's pitching well. We've mentioned Rodon, so if you have any passing thoughts on him, we'll get back into that. And then, of course, Reynaldo Lopez, who we've talked about at different times, too. So they've got kind of an interesting rotation right now, worthy of some discussion. And of course, the headliners here are going to be Kopech and Giolito. Um, Kopech had his second start today. It, it really is first start, right? It was basically right. a relief appearance the first time out. Thank you, Mother Nature. Uh, <laughs> rain shortened outing there, which was a pretty interesting outing. I, I, I wrote about it over at Rotographs, and I liked a lot of what I saw out of him. But, of course, I want to see a more extended outing, and we got that today with six innings, seven hits, one run ball, uh, four strikeouts, and then the, the key number that continues to really be impressive, zero walks. Right. He didn't well, walk that first time and he, he didn't walk anybody or he walked very few in his last few starts in the minors so he's getting away from the walks i'm sure there's some trade-off there though he did allow seven hits so we're going to talk about it so let's just dive in okay the first two starts eight innings let's start with what you liked and then and then you can get on what you don't like because i see you got a little bit of hesitance with the uh praising the walk the, well, the, lack- I mean, the only the only reason i have to i got i made that face was that he has three hit by pitches already okay that that's that's really interesting because I mean those are basically walks and some. Right. Some I mean it's like, obviously it's not the continued can't hit the plate, can't hit the plate, can't hit the plate. Sure. It was you know one was like a bad slider that popped out. One well, and was you still the fastball see- that he hugged way too much, and that was yeah. it. You still see those fastballs too, even in the first outing. You'd see some that were wild misses, and right. And he, he Kopech absolutely strikes me as a guy whose bad outings are going to be walk laden, but they haven't been yet. And so yeah, through yeah, these eight like innings, uh, what aspects have you liked so far? So I I like the fact that uh, I wrote my gift breakdown the night of uh, Kopech's debut, and I was done after two innings. Just kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I was actually really upset because I, he only pitched uh, I believe it was fifty two or fifty four pitches in that game. Yeah. 
and he was commanding his fastball really well. I was super impressed by that, uh, going up and in both to right-handers and left-handers, and staying up for the most part. There were sometimes yeah. he would go a little bit low, but really just be elevated four seamers. That's great. And now it wasn't, you know, we've heard a lot about hundred plus a ton from Kopech. We did not see that at all in that start. He was around 96, 97 for the most part, sometimes touching 98. Uh, and I was, I mean, I was a little underwhelmed. I was hoping to get some hint of like 99, 100 at times, but we never really got that. And that's fine. As long as his fastball is being positioned in the right place. And I have to think maybe he did dial it back on purpose to get a touch more command. I, I, I that might be exactly what we're seeing. So. I so, absolutely think that's the case. So I liked that foundation. That's actually something I like about Reynaldo Lopez. And I like to see out of the gate that, okay, fastball was looking great. I don't know if it's going to stick around. And uh, it didn't really stick around today. Actually, today it was about thigh high. A this, lot. Is for, this is for uh, Kopech today against uh, the Tigers. Uh, his fastball was not up. It was not mm-hmm. well spot. I mean, he got better as the game went on, but... For it was the middle of the zone, really. Yeah, that's not what you want. Even with the sliders, that's where it was. I don't like that. Again, I, I preach this all the time. There are, there are really four ways to dominate, and one of them is four seamers up with breaking stuff low. And that's, I think, the, the game plan for Kopech, that slider down. It looked really good at times in that first start. He had through three change-ups. One was excellent. 91 oh, yeah. out of the zone. Brilliant. That was so It's hard not hot. to love that one. The other two were definitely, he came on the side of the ball, and it did have ride, but way wild, well inside of the opposite batter's box. Uh, so I, 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 can see, I can see the formula. I was really excited for him getting three, four, five, and seeing if he was going to adapt last time out. This time he went more slider heavy, but he didn't really have a slider. He, he got the bases loaded with two, hit by, I believe it was two hit by pitches and a single. But that's, yes. I mean, he wasn't really going after them like he was with his fastball. He had a really quick second inning. And I, I do wonder if those secondary pitches are going to you know amplify the fastball enough for when he doesn't stay elevated a ton and he does sit thigh high. I think he can definitely get hit, especially when he averaged only 95 today. Yeah, he did top ninety. He did hit ninety nine this time, uh, a, a mile faster than we saw in in the opener for Kopech. But he wasn't consistent there, and again was working more ninety five, ninety six, and then in the middle of the zone. Which again, you know, it, it, it's funny that uh, we're almost uh, saying it as a negative. But when you are advertised at ninety eight to a hundred on. Uh, regularly it's same thing and obviously it's a little bit different with a reliever but it's the same thing like when uh an Aroldis Chapman or somebody is 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 down at nine I put it in air quotes down at 95 96 and we're like well that's 95 96 but what when you're effective at a certain velocity just because your lower velocity would be good for somebody else that doesn't mean that it's not a negative for you because you're down there's something that's bringing you down now and so again go uh, go ahead yeah, I mean, it's just to think there are a ton of guys that can throw 95 plus, but they're not in the majors for a reason. Exactly. So exactly. Like the, the velocity. These, right. The reason these guys are in the majors is because they they need that. <laughs> they, you know what's funny, by the way? effective at that, and then they bring it down, and it's different. For some reason, I, the, the movie always reels me in, and it's such a garbage movie. But I was watching some summer catch again tonight for about the 7,000th time. And the funny part is, dude, they are like – bugging out that he's throwing 92 and i'm just like what dude? <laughs> nobody would even write him up if he That's was amazing. 92 even from the left side like unless he had amazing command and great stuff and the whole like theme of the movie is that he's like a hothead clown so anyway um <laughs> but yeah that 
you can't just say because 95, 96 would be great for somebody else or, you know, who throws 92 that Kopech can live there. I do think that, you know, we're seeing a little bit of, uh, you know, working the kinks out and that's completely fine. I didn't expect him to just hit the ground running and be elite. By the way, this was not a bad start. This was a perfectly fine start. Right. He scattered the seven hits. He got out of some jams. He got out of that big jam in the first inning of the debut as well, which I and again, I love the fact that there's no walks. And I know that's a little bit of a trade-off. And hopefully as he gets more comfortable, he he can bring it back up to where he's sitting 99-100 and still not walking guys. Um, for me, by the way, I'm seeing two breakers. I'm seeing a slider and a curve. Well, there is there is a curve. The curve is is more of like your get-me-over early yeah. pitch. And that's good. It's not going to play with I'm that. I'm happy with that. Yeah, well, yeah, baseball savant isn't – I'm pretty confident. I mean, you it's, can see – It's you, two different – I mean, you can see it on Savant 76 to 84 is the range. Yeah. And we talk about classifications and how don't get too hung up on them. It's almost and I'm not saying that his is on the level of Kluber's, but it's that same sort of deal where you just call it the breaking ball if you want. If if you don't want to call it two different things. But to me, he's got the hump on the one uh, in the upper mid to upper 70s and then the mid to high 80s, which is the slider. So uh, that's with Kopech. We saw six changeups today couple good ones, some crummy ones. Fastball was uh, hit and miss inning to inning, but I like that he went six strong. Obviously an easier opponent, but uh, you got to you gotta take the opponents as they come, and I don't take anything away from a rookie. I don't care if he's facing the worst team in the league, and he's facing darn near the worst team in the league. My, <laughs> my Tigers are not, uh, not all that great, but he, held, he stood tall in his first road start. Um, I've, I've liked a lot of what we've seen. As far as the rest of the year goes, how do you value somebody like Kopech? He's obviously must have. Uh, uh, he's not available in any league that's paying attention. But but how do you value him the rest of the way? Well, okay, I have him. I had him entering. Oh, let me remember this. I think I had him around fifty uh, entering okay. on uh, before that was before his debuts. Uh, it's not going to be the same kind of list tomorrow. But let's say it was, and that's not taking into account any rest of season schedule. I'm doing a whole revamp of it mm-hmm. on Monday, uh, and then next week we do the schedule cast. Oh man, that's right. <laughs> be full schedule cast next week talking about who to go for who to avoid what to, right. what to do where, where you can maybe pluck some spots maybe get somebody like a sweet sweet mike fires i don't know anyway continue <laughs> hey you get fires like i wrote on uh that's right <laughs> uh yeah i mean i would probably keep him there because again i don't know after eight innings honestly i i think that the secondary stuff can improve we've seen hints at it and maybe as he keeps going, I know Stone was saying on the broadcast that he expected velocity to return as he keeps going. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's still up in the air. I think it's too soon to kind of adjust from that. At the same time, from those stable guys in the 40s, I still prefer them over Kopech. Uh, sorry, not the 40s. In, yeah, in I think the 30s, there's... The 40s is kind of – I wouldn't be upset if someone wanted to say that he's at 40 for the rest of the year. I think that's fine. I think there's going to be volatility. There's going to be like the one clunky start. The problem is, of course, is that it could likely be in your playoffs or or down the stretch if you're in a roto league. And that's the part that could be a real bummer. Um, And they end with uh, their last four series from the September 18th to the end of the season includes two against Cleveland and a Cubs sandwiched in. So they have a three at Cleveland, three against the Cubs, three against Cleveland from the 18th to the 26th. That's a tough part there. To be having to be using any of them, even Rodon, 
right. who, by the way, has a uh, Boston, New York to start this oh, week. Oh, yeah, this is a wonderful, so wonderful that, week. So that's rough. Speaking of that, obviously, Kopech will be in the mix there, too, and he does get uh, the Boston Red Sox on Friday. So it'll be a great test. Really interested to see how he performs there. I like what I see. Like I said, you got to have him in every league, even though there is going to be volatility. Um, he can also be really game-changing. And so he's going to have that nine strikeout, one walk game. Yes. That's yes. the thing. And, so because he is going to have it, you're going to have to take that He's also going to have the bad. five. Right. Yeah, I think he's going to have that five walk, five earned run game in there somewhere as well. But he gets Boston, and then he gets another one against Detroit. So that that's nice for uh, for Kopech. Let's go over to Lucas Giolito because this one is uh, is particularly interesting to me, and I'm very interested in your thoughts. You you re- have written him up. It will be up tomorrow, uh, Monday on Rotographs. He's running a 409 ERA in his last nine starts, which is a massive improvement. I know 409 doesn't jump off the page normally, <laughs> but when you're at like 650, uh, it does. With a 22% strikeout rate, 9% walk, only allowed o- over three earned runs twice in that run. He has a 25% strikeout rate and 8% walk rate in August, including six plus Ks in each start. Now, the schedule's been favorable. It's been at Tampa against the Yankees, which was the dud, at Detroit, at Minnesota, at Detroit. Let's start with what's different with Lucas Giolito. Oh man, I uh, I wish I could show graphs on a podcast. Um, if you if you <laughs> go graphs. with the fa- <laughs> when you go with the fastball velocity chart, it's incredible. He was throwing like ninety one at the beginning of the year, and then all of a sudden on Saturday he peaked. He hit over ninety five as an average for the first time all season. It's a little different than what it is inside the the fan graphs. So I believe it says ninety four point five or so. Nevertheless, he's throwing a lot harder. Uh, so it, it's it's nice and also keep this is my favorite stat about it all. He has an, a negative eleven p val on the year. However, however, in his last four, it's a plus two point one. Okay. Four oh, wait, 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 sorry, sorry. In those last five, last five starts it's negative point three, but because there's like one terrible game against the yeah, Yankees, the, the other the four Yankees. good games equate to plus two point one. Essentially, all of a sudden, this terrible pitch of his hasn't been so bad. And that's, that's a doing huge thing. Then? Well, velocity is different. He's also locating up in the zone, which is great. I mean, this is why I talk about a lot is you essentially, if you're going four seam heavy, the way to do it is you go up in the zone. If you are sinker heavy, you either go down or a ton inside off the plate. So Giolito's throwing lots of four-seamers. What do you do? Especially when you increase your velocity, you live higher, and that's what he's doing. I like that. He think he, I think he'd go a little bit higher, but nevertheless, it is a major difference than what we're seeing in the first half of the season. Uh, and that's a very good thing because he actually has two good secondary pitches and a third that's developing. Uh, those two good secondary pitches. His changeup was great on that in the game on Saturday against the Tigers. Uh, very good low the zone and underneath it. And then his slider actually really wasn't there, so he relied more on that changeup, and he was able to do that because both of them have a plus three uh, p valve, not higher. That's great. Both with sixteen percent whiff rates. Awesome. Both are above forty percent zone rate. Fantastic. Right. Neither are money like pitches. That. They don't get enough swings off the plate yet. But when you have a better fastball, those will come. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think having those two secondary pitches that are strong on top of an improving fastball is actually pretty encouraging. Now, I, I do need to mention last three starts were against the Tigers twice and the Twins. Yeah, but he couldn't get me, you, and seven oh, others I, out for a while. So I'm not going to take yeah. anything away from, from Giolito yeah. on, a, on a crummy schedule. Oh, of course. Now, well, my another really favorite stat of mine is uh, – so he in his last three starts, he has had two games of only one walk. 
if you want to say like since July 28th was one walk as well. He only had one start before that. So from March 31st all the way to July 23rd, he had one start under two walks. And he gave up five earned in that game. It was at Cleveland <laughs> with three strikeouts. So it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a good game. Right. He wasn't walking guys because he was just hit throwing it over the plate and they were crushing. But at least he was doing that. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, I'm just saying then, like oh, yeah, right, now, right. now he's mixing it with quality. Exactly. And the, the other me- thing I should mention is that he's finally throwing his curveball for strikes. Now, some of them are being hung, but at least he has the ability to throw for a strike. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a huge thing. He's actually going to a bit more. I believe he threw about 16 all of a sudden. There are many games this year I've seen. I, every single game, Giolito pitches, I have to look at how many curveballs he's throwing because that is supposed to be this amazing pitch. It's this huge, huge breaking ball. And that was – I don't want to quote – I guess I will. Steve Phillips called it the bowel-inducing breaking <laughs> ball uh, back when he was on the Nationals and you know, Phillips was a GM. Remember – and this this is something about like not overrating minor leaguers. There was a point where some outlets were grading him with, with two 80-grade pitches. Not, not potential. They were saying that they were 80-grade at that point. Right. And – Obviously, think you know he he he's regressed a bit uh, from from the minor league level or whatever. But obvi- I don't think it takes hindsight necessarily to say that that assessment's wrong because you can't have two eighty grade pitches that just vanish. If they're truly eighty grade, they wouldn't have vanished the way they did sure. for Giolito. But it is nice to finally see him put together some some quality work here. I mean, he's still even with this, he still leads baseball in earned runs at 94 and the American League at walks with 75. So, you know, he's working from a really rough area to kind of chisel all these things down. So it's not going to show in the bottom line numbers. But once you dig under the hood, we're finally seeing some some encouraging signs for Giolito. Now, do you believe in these changes? Well, I think I think he is taking good steps forward. I'll go into it a little bit more in the article, but yeah, I mean, this velocity trend is definitely a positive thing. He's also taking advantage of the fact that this is a bad Chicago White Sox team, and they're letting him go in that Yankee game. He allowed six earned runs by the second inning, and they let him go three more, and he actually, overall, he didn't pitch that badly, mm-hmm. if you can believe it. Even though seven earned runs, he still got seven strikeouts in that game, and he was still mixing in a lot of the pitches, increasing the velocity. Everything was kind of like, all right, you're getting your work in. Uh, and that's kind of what this is now. Do I really trust him down the stretch? I wouldn't. I wouldn't really go out on a limb on that unless I need de- desperate streams. Like for example, he was my uh, my call boy, is what I call it, my my streamer pick of the day. So that was on Saturday. But I mean, that's really the only extent that I would have really chased Giolito. And as you mentioned, the schedule is not very favorable for mm-hmm. the White Sox down the stretch. So. So this year, not so much, but I have a term, a young gun, which is someone that I'll consider for future years. And I think that there is more upside that is not being realized quite yet. This is someone entering 2019, especially for AL-only leagues, that I will probably be going after in deeper leagues. 12-teamers, I will just wait and see. Prospect growth isn't linear. We say it all the time because it's true. And you see a guy like Giolito who had the amazing prospect pedigree. He comes up. Uh, he struggled in his first go-round with Washington, gets traded, puts up some good surface results with, with the White Sox in 17 with the ERA and whip, but then the the underlying numbers weren't all that appealing. And then, of course, this year has been a grind, but he's getting a full season too. So I do like that for Giolito. That experience is very valuable, and I, I think that's going to pay off for him. And by the way, we did mention the schedule, uh, particularly down the stretch in mid to late September. But after the Boston start this week, he does then go Detroit – 
at KC. So you get another little nice. two-pack there that you can use. And actually, let me do this. One, two, three, four, five. And then an at Baltimore. Although that's not as good as it's been. Uh, they're actually showing a little bit of life there, those Baltimore Orioles are. And in Baltimore, you might want to be a little bit careful with that. Uh, but at least you can get the two there, Detroit and KC, maybe to push yourself into a finals. I'm not sure that you're going to be able to look at Giolito as a finals option just because of the way the schedule starts to line up there. But it is nice to finally see some uh, growth there. And I'll tell you what, honestly, the uh, the most important thing for me is that that Velo is coming back because that yes. was the one thing where I was like, I thought this guy at least had the heat. And he was working 91, 92 all year, some games at 90, and then to finally be in the 93 to 94 um, or 95 range, even if you rounded up 94.5, I like to see that from Giolito. So we are seeing some encouraging signs there. Uh, keep an eye on him. And I'm, I'm eager to see what he can do against Boston. I'm not trying to use it in any league whatsoever. No, of but course I, not. I would but at least want to see it. If he, I mean, if he goes, you know, five innings of three and runs, six strikeouts, I think that's a win for Giolito, honestly. Totally agree. Totally agree. So I'll, I'll, I'll be dialed in on that game for sure. Uh, let's move over to Raylo. Ronaldo Lopez, he's still remarkably volatile. Earn runs <laughs> over his last six. Eight, two, one, four, six, two. You never know what you're going to get. And Reynaldo Lopez is one of those guys where the opponent doesn't matter when he, because if he's on, he's great. But if he's off, again, me, you, and seven others can can beat him around the yard. It, it's just he's one of those guys to me that I just don't even think that the 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 opponent doesn't matter as much because sure. if, if the secondary stuff is working, he can be dominant. But uh, when it's not. It's brutal. He's traded the curveball for the slider this year, and it's his only positive PVAL at 3.0. Uh, just kind of a spot, just kind of a temperature check. Where are you on Reynaldo Lopez at this point? Because we've talked about him at different points throughout the season, but it's been a while since we've checked in. So, what do you think is Reynaldo Lopez's best pitch? Sounds like I, it's your question, right? Yeah, well, I, I kind of still think it's the changeup when I watch him, though. Oh, that's interesting. I thought you were going to say the slider because that's a 3.1 PVAL. Yeah, but I mean, and it, that's, I, I think the slider has been solid this year, but I still like the changeup from a young guy like this. I think there's confidence. It, it's volatile, right? It, it, it's, the vo- it's a microcosm of his volatility. You can watch inning to inning, but I still mm-hmm. like changeup I, I really do and it has struggled and it can get crushed at times but i think when the changeup is on i don't know i haven't checked this so i could be wrong but anecdotally um i feel like when when the changeup is on is when he has his best starts right well i'm gonna tell you that it's a four seamer okay i love to hear that then which is crazy if it's a negative 6.6 pl yes. for a season but- and I'm like, oh. that's the best one. But you're probably going to, you're going to, this is what the point you're going to make is he's throwing 1,500 of them. Exactly. He's throwing that's- 1,500 of this. And the fact that, yes, sliders at 3.1 is good. When, when you throw so many fastballs and you have a decent secondary pitch, that secondary pitch is going to be heightened, mm-hmm. um, especially when you don't have, you don't have another, you know, that changeup is very inconsistent. So he has to go with the fastball so much. He doesn't have nearly enough support with it. It is really good. I, uh, he gets a lot more weak contact than people expect. And when he's cruising, it's because he's spotting that fastball up and in. They can't do anything with it. Last three starts were all over 96 miles per hour with his four-seamer. He still brings it, man. And that's the thing. I mean, you're completely right. When he has his changeup and his slider, I've seen very, very few starts this entire year when Raylo has had both slider and changeup in a when game. When both are working, yeah. Right. But when it does, it's great. 
And that is a full pitcher. I mean, that is a guy, literally, if, if every single game he has those three, which I don't think is such a f- yeah, unfa- unfathomable thing. Unfathomable? Unfathomable. Unfathomable, unfathomable thing. <laughs> uh, I, I want to say infallible. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, when, if, if he gets all three consistently, consistently, I see a top 25 guy. I'm not I agree. joking. No, and, I completely agree. And that, it's crazy to say from a guy that's having such a ridiculously terrible season of a 466 ERA, a 666 K per nine, near four walk per nine. That's like, how can you ever see a possible top 25 pitcher? I'll here? say this, though. Yeah. When you look at the skills, the fact that he has a 466 is almost a positive to me because huh. I, I, I see it as like, this could easily be a six ERA for somebody, but because he flashes the – and I watch Reynaldo Lopez a lot. So I have maybe some bias towards that because I am dialed in on a lot of his starts because I want I, I want to see this guy and I want to see if he can grow and start to have some success. Sure. As I said, you and I talked about him earlier in the year when he was having some success, but it was not skill-supported because when he's on, he doesn't – because people probably wonder like, well, where's the strikeouts? When he's on, it's three and out. I mean, it, it is weak contact right. city. It's uh, pop up fly balls. It's 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 ground ball sliders and change ups. And he's out. He's efficient. When he gets into trouble, you start to see the homers pile up. Really want to see the homers come down. That that would actually be more encouraging to me than than actually adding strikeouts at this point sure. because that's what kills his starts. But that's the thing, though. I think they're going to be in tandem because yes, the, the home runs are there because guys just look for the heat, and mm-hmm. he doesn't have nullifying pitches that he can trust. So I, that's that's really the thing. It all kind of comes together when it. That's why it's so effective when when it does. You know, and that's why he has all of a sudden seven innings, eight innings of shutout ball during this year. Seven innings against the Yankees, a one run ball. Like it just comes together all of a sudden, you know. And there it is, done, easy, right? <laughs> but, and he, looks, he can look great, and it's it's awesome when he does. But it's it's so infrequent. So essentially, it's a thing where I mean, for the rest of the year, I'm not gonna in any way chase this because I do not <laughs> want to. You know, we're at the point of the year that I feel like I have a better sense of any other guy on a given night. So I'm not gonna do that. I am also gonna think 2019. Not out of the question that out of the gate he looks good and it just sticks for the year and he's got it. I agree. Um, you never really know. Another young gun here for me. This team could be one of the surprises next year. They could yes. be the Atlanta. They could be the Philly. They, they might make a, an addition, you know, a small veteran addition or two, probably to the bullpen. If if they think that maybe this could be their year, make a couple small additions around right. the, the edges. Then you're going to be talking about an Eloy Jimenez no, coming wait. up. Wait a second. How much money do they have to spend? They have a ton, right? They have to. Who are they paying besides right. the break? That's right. So why don't they go out and get like both Harper and Machado? <laughs> they get both and they're like, yo, we're in this right now. Let's right? go. I mean, they, they they can't be spending any money of consequence. James Shields still getting paid a bit. Um, but again, you got two, three guys that are probably getting paid something. Is this the last year for Shields' contract? I um, hope so. For, yeah, because he has a team option, and, and obviously they're not going to pick that up. So they'll throw not him Jimmy to two Bucklers? mil. They're, they're not, not taking out. Jimmy Bucklers. Uh, <laughs> they're going to give him two mil to go ahead and head on out and do do something else. Now, only, um, they're only paying mil twenty one. San Diego paid eleven mil of that. So, okay. um, but that ten mil is actually a lot for where, where they're at. I, this young team is is really interesting, and like, like I said. Jimenez can come up. Obviously, Kopech will have a full season. Uh, Lu- Luis Robert, uh, he had some injuries this year. He should be up 
early in the season. I don't know if it's right away, but maybe in May or something. They're going to be a really interesting ball club. Their ace could be this next guy who we'll wrap up with, who, again, we talked just about a couple weeks ago on the 8-12 pod. So if you really want to hear detailed thoughts, go ahead and check that one out. But he has thrown two more gems since then. I did mention that he has this hell week coming up with a uh, New York-Boston-Yankees-Red Sox tandem. Right. Any additional thoughts to what you've seen uh, in these last couple starts? And are you starting him in any league this week? I mean, if it's I mean, if it's points league, yes. Yeah, just uh, go for it. Uh, there's no uh, – yeah, I do not see reason not to start Rodon. I would not be surprised if in one league you are looking at your options and you – if you're thinking I need a desperate stream, I would be starting Rodon instead. I, I would um, agree that – yeah, because we, we, we keep hitting this point home, too, and it hasn't gotten any better. The pitching, the spot starting landscape is still a nightmare. Right. There's still not a lot to get. And then the two start uh, landscape this week, as far as like pickups, you're not going to find much anyway. So I do a thousand percent agree with you on the points league situation. But then those of you in that mid pack area and head, that- to head and head to head situations. I mean, if it's a roto. If you're really like looking for someone to push the needle, uh, I would hope that you have another option here. It's obviously very risky. Sure. I will say this. What I do like about Rodon, I think it's the overlooked part. Um, I, I think a lot of people are saying, oh, okay, the Sierra is ridiculous, and he's not getting strikeouts. It's just, by the way, Sierra is 464, and okay. he's at a 20% K rate. And I, I it's funny because I normally am completely on this train. Eight, a 206 BABIP, 80% left on base rate. 8.7 home run of a fly ball rate. That's hotel. Holy Trinity equating luck. Thank you for the equating. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So wait, all... let's explain that a little bit more. So yes. you're talking about uh, gaudy left on base rate, minuscule BABIP, and a uh, tiny home run to fly ball rate. All three of those working in concert. Uh, they they equate a, a bit of luck. Run hot. And when we say luck. Or at least I, I do, and I think you're in this way. We're not saying that um, you know it's a non-skilled pitcher who who can't continue, but it's running hot. Everything's right. going your way. That that fly ball that might have gone out on a still day, let alone if it was blowing out, you got lucky because it was plus seven seven miles blowing in on that day, so it didn't go out. You know, or or the that hard four, ground ball that went to third base, it found a glove. Yes, four line shots went right to fielders instead of dropping it, like all that sort of stuff. It's, it's just running hot for a while. He's definitely got that. He also has some positive factors, Rodon does, but he's also running hot without a doubt. Right. So I, I, what I see is that his four-seamer, very, he's doing such a good job of getting it up and inside to right-handers. And that doesn't surprise me considering the lowest BABIP than we've seen and the 8.7% home run per fly ball rate. He also has a 10-point increase in fly balls. Major pop-ups, too. Doesn't surprise me. Right. He's creating more pop-ups. He's getting up up more with that four-seam, which then amplifies the slider, I think, a little bit, too. I, I think it's actually a really good scenario. And if anything, what I expect is a higher whiff rate um, because, again, I think that he, once he says, okay, great, I've established my, my four-seamer here. Now I can play the eye-level game. Mm-hmm. Um, again, four-seamers up, breaking stuff down. Uh, he can do that really well, uh, and I think if he if he goes into you know go into Yankee Stadium, I don't see why it's surprising to me if you know it does what Ronaldo did, he goes in and just starts throwing inside fastballs effectively with sliders he, that should beat anyone. And so, keep in mind, during this run of success, which which has really been going on since the start of July, eight starts, uh, 
it was one of them was at Houston. One of them was against the Sweet Swing and Cardinals. I don't know if they were already Sweet Swinging on July 11th or not. Um, so someone can spot check me on that. Uh, also against uh, Cleveland, eight shutout innings. Their quality offense, or you know, their capable offense. And again, I don't know if at Tampa Bay uh, on August 4th. I don't know if they were on their track yet. But six, uh, not six scoreless. He didn't get charged for the run, but he did give up one. So you know, it's not like it's been all schedule here either. So he's done some really good things. Rodon's still really interesting. I know that I was concerned, uh, and I expressed that concern on the that, so. that podcast that we were talking about. Due in large part to the uh, uh, hotel aspect of what he was doing. Right. And so what, what, I, I still love watching him pitch, too. I watched way too many White Sox games. They've got four <laughs> interesting guys. Uh, as we wrap up here, just off the top of your head, you will not be held accountable for this going full, you know, going uh, you know, beyond this moment here after you do reassessments. But just kind of thinking about it. Copec, so Julio Lopez, Rodon. Where are you at for 19? How do you how do you think you're going to to value them based on what you think their perceived cost will be and how much you would want them? So okay, so you're saying like relative to the market, where do I stand? Where where do you think you're going to stand? Obviously, I, th- I think I'm going to be higher on Geo. Okay, yeah, uh, just because you know I, I I think a lot of the things I've been talking about are going to be glossed over a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, with Kopech, I can see some people going completely all in. And I'll probably will be a little bit hesitant mm-hmm. just because of I, I would need to really be convinced that his secondary stuff is working swimmingly with his fastball. And I don't know if we'll get there mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with Rodon. I imagine I'd probably be a little bit lower at the same time. I've seen situations like this before where there is this massive gap and the pendulum swings too heavily to favor the uh, the dip stats, the defensive independent metrics that. Uh, pitching metrics that uh, like FIP and X, FIP and Sierra, et cetera. That's so in like, oh, the, well, he's supposed to be terrible, so I don't want to touch any of him. In certain leagues with, with like-minded folks like us who are going to be looking at that stuff, they could push Rodon down, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm going to take him now. Right, exactly. Like People expecting too much, I'm like, well, all right, then I'll, I'll get some value out of that then. Agreed, agreed. Uh, and, and then the lastly, Raylo? with Raylo, I mean, I imagine I'll, I'll probably be higher. <laughs> yeah, because – Raylo and Giolito, they're going to be so cheap that uh, we won't even have to stick our necks out that much to be higher on them and and, and scoop them. So I'll I'll be whispering their names to you at Tat Wars is what will happen. I will be on the Raylo train 100%. (laughs) TBD on Giolito. With you on Kopech, I'll probably be fading him just as a general rule because especially if he finishes strong. You know, if if he goes – you know, people go crazy, and yeah, I'm not going to make gonna another say, release. I, I will see many. <laughs> well, that's different, though. <laughs> I know, because he had Castillo a whole summer doing, at least. Castillo was doing it since the end of June, and it was all working pretty much like the entire mm-hmm. time. Uh, but, yeah, I can I can see a lot of top 30 plays for Kopech, considering that really starters are only good until 20 and change. That's the thing, too. Once it opens up, people will feel justified to kind of make – plant their right. flag again as we did with castillo not saying that they're 100 percent the same but uh, yeah, right. the same sort of scenario so yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's how it was wasn't it like 16 for because it opened like, all up. right david price how we doing <laughs> yeah it's like it opened up around the 20s and we said okay well then i'm gonna take a guy that i trust here castillo by the way i mean i can't wait to take castillo next year because the price will actually be down a little bit i don't and know we'll see what happens the next couple of weeks honestly you're saying you don't know that the price will be down yeah 
Yeah, okay. that that's fair. I was gonna say you're not bailing. Of course not. <laughs> I thought you were uh, for a brief moment. There, I was like, wait, wait. You're saying you're not gonna be? Who do you no, think I am, Spore? I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm gonna drink him out of the top thirty. I'm sure. Well, of course, but we we're not uh, we're not running away. So anyway, that's the White Sox. They've got a really interesting situation going on with this club. Uh, these forearms are, are are really nice, and I think they've got some more <laughs> arms coming up. What? I just, like, I'm just thinking, Matt. Yeah, these, it's Matt Holiday and Brett Gardner, obviously. Yeah, I got, I got, I'm talking Popeye over here. These forums are <laughs> nice. Um, so uh, it, it'll be a team to continue to watch this year. As you know, I'm always looking for a a, a playoff implications game, but then I find myself reviewing the 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 Chicago start of the night more often than not these days. Um, as I'm trying to find my games on at bat, I generally want somebody in the playoff hunt ideally a couple teams but then i'm always veering over to see what the white Sox pitchers are interesting up to. it's it's intriguing like you can see you can see a perfect storm of all of them just clicking and it's We're amazing pitching guys man you get four four young guns like this and it's i mean because the rodon is still young you know he's been around for a while there might be some prospect fatigue i know he's not a true prospect you know what oh, i mean man. but but he's 25 years old that's absurd These are all young guns this team there, there's hype there for a reason with their farm system and everything, and there's still a lot, a lot of talent here. So we thought it was worth covering all of them. Uh, this will be a big challenge week for the entire rotation because they're all going to face one of the Yankees or Red Sox, and in Rodon's case, both of them. So uh, we'll be interested to watch that. We'll be on Twitter talking about it at PitcherList and at Spore. Nick, great talking with you again. We'll be back next week talking schedules. Yeah, I'll see you then, Spore. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.